The following podcast contains spoilers and language that our mothers would prefer we did not use. Like, mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Welcome back, everybody, to We Watched a Thing. It's Billy and Tova here, and we're in the midst of wading our way through the Predator and Alien franchises. Uh, we've just knocked off the last of the Predator movies, and we're about to rock into Alien. And how are you feeling, buddy? I'm pretty psyched to be putting on a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I, I, yeah, I think this is going to be the high. I don't know where you've fall on which is the best alien film for me it's this one yeah, so it's not a question so i i'm i'm pretty excited for this shall we hit play let's do it finally something really 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 good yeah alien you might have heard of it yeah, pro- probably probably <laughs> A 1979 science fiction horror film directed by Ridley Scott and written by Dan O'Bannon, based on a story by O'Bannon and Ronald Shussett, and it stars Tom Skerritt, Sigourney Weaver, Veronica Cartwright, Harry Dean Stanton, John Hurt, Ian Holm, and Yafet Kotto. What is it about, Toph? The briefest description I've ever heard of this film is a bunch of people don't do what the smart lady says and then they die. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> This, to me, is the epitome of the movie that would be over in 10 minutes if people made smart choices. <laughs> like, I hear people complain about movies like that all the time, where they're like, oh, the characters are so dumb. And my response is always, yeah, but Alien. And, and it works fine. <laughs> like, I, I think maybe you've oversimplified it. Really? I mean, here in Alien, there is the choice between quarantining a guy who you think is going to die outside and doing what the smart lady says. It's not like they would just like- Let's just pick up a random thing and whatever. I don't know, man. There are so many times in this movie where they just make the wrong choice. That's good that, you know, you're dealing with a lot of shades of grey there. (laughs) 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 No, people need to be dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so pretty well-known film, Alien. Sometimes when I watch this film, I can't help but think what it must have been like in 79, just knowing nothing about it. And going into this thing, like from the you know the opening, you know those opening titles where it, like it's really quiet. With My those, favorite like that opening titles of all time, iconic text. Yes, that's <laughs> um, just like it's so quiet and yet quietly unnerving. Yes, and yes. it's genius. I going into this film knowing nothing about it in the cinema must have been, I would think, a pretty remarkable experience. Yeah, at the time, do you know if this was marketed as a sci-fi or was it marketed as a horror? I have no idea. Yeah, because it really does bridge those streams, I think. And people always try to argue about what genre this film is and people are like, oh, it's clearly just a horror movie. I I think it really does cross those streams really, really nicely. Mm. And So, of course, initially in the film, it is a very quiet film. Mm. Initially, it takes a while to get going. We start off on, on this ship, the Nostromo. Many of you will have heard of it, um, which is just a great set. Just this, yeah. this enclosed environment. Like the lighting is part of the set itself. It's such a great looking film. Like production wise, it has held up for so long beyond its release date. It really, really has. Can you believe that this movie is 41 years old? Mm. Like- it looks spectacular. The cinematography and production design is so top-notch. And like you say, the lighting is so great because this movie is dark and dim, but you never have a problem seeing what's happening on screen. 
But even even within this really sort of enclosed environment, it still manages to inject really effective imagery into it. Like even things like, you know, John Hurt first wakes up, he's kind of gingerly getting out of bed and these raised doors come up on either side flanking his face, which then went like when you know what's coming up, there are just thing there's just things in there which if they don't if a, if a light bulb doesn't go off when they happen, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But there's enough of it there that it's just it's just a level of thought that certainly does not go into just every run of the mill action film or horror film you see. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, Ridley Scott at this point is establishing himself as just one of the major talents. Yeah, what what had he done prior to this? How late into his career was this? Cuz I mean this is before Blade Runner. Yeah. Um cuz that was early 80s. My suspicion is not that much. Yeah. It's 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 pretty amazing when you look back on it. It really really is. A co- a cool thing the film does is that it both takes its time to let you just sit with these characters for a while. But it's also really economical in the way that it lets you know who they are. Like you think about that the conversation they have about their share of the contract. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's that scene doesn't take very long. But in a matter of lines, you're just aware of the hierarchy yeah. on this ship, the relationship. Yes, they're casual with with each other, but there's also some tension there of these people who are who've been together for so long which makes it all very casual because they know each other so well, have been living like a share house kind of environment. (laughs) But then there's that kind of tension between, well, but you outrank me. Yeah, much like a real workplace. (laughs) Like, it feels really real. And that's I think the writing in this film is so strong. And I'm sure you know this story that Ripley was originally written as a man. Mm. And when they decided to make her a female, they virtually didn't change the script. And I think that is that just shows how good the writing is here. Because one thing you often hear about is male writers who don't know how to write female characters. And here, the gender isn't really important at all. She's a person. She's a real, genuine person. And I think the writing is really, really strong. Yeah. I remember hearing this brought up in a, a roundtable conversation before with some actresses saying that, that, yeah, there's this myth that, well, no, you couldn't have that character be female because you'd have to rewrite it. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, you don't necessarily. No, if a character is really well written, then they're just a person and the, the gender doesn't really matter at all. Mm. <laughs> like. It's funny coming into this. If you again, if you know nothing about this film and you come into it, you can get like a chunk of the way into this film without really being aware that Ripley ultimately will be the hero of the story. Oh, for sure, she's very meek at the start, and there's a really nice progression there to the end. Yeah, so I mean, meek meek is not a word I would use for her. I think she's very, like, actually quite in command of a lot of yeah right. scenes she's in. But there's because like there's a real stillness to her. When there is any kind of tension between other people, she's always, when you kind of look for it right from the beginning, you're like, she's always really collected. Yeah. As a person. And then that, of course, the most, the first time that kind of materializes in any kind of overt way is when John Hurt's character comes back and she's like, nope. And I love I love Scared in this film. I just I choose to believe that there's a shared universe between this and Top Gun, <laughs> and that he's like the great 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 grandson of Viper. <laughs> Especially because like there's a jacket he's wearing at one point where it's like, yeah, I think maybe you do feel the need 
the need for speed. <laughs> Actually, speaking of the jacket, that is the one thing that dates this movie. Yeah. So the the production and smoking. Fanta- yes, that's what I was going to bring up. It's the costuming and the smoking. The constant smoke everywhere is something that you just is so rarely seen these days. Yeah. It really, really dates this movie. <laughs> one thing, of course, that doesn't date it that we both love is models. Oh, man. Models are models. sick. And unlike CGI, yeah. they don't just, you know, five years later, they don't look out of date. Yeah. Um, I love models. Yes. Yeah, More models. Same. I think, you know, you look at those classic movies, like like Terminator, like the use of models in that is- And you know I'm a huge stop motion fan as well. Um, yeah, I just think it's so cool. And just the, li- the live costume, the alien, the design of the alien in this from- all the forms, like the face hugger, is obviously iconic. That is such a great piece of design. It's it's a really hard thing to do to design an alien that isn't too humanoid or too Earth creature like, because obviously when you try and imagine a creature, we don't know what they would look like. So I think it's a really great piece of design, and then the way that it turns into the xenomorph is so cool. Yeah, and then I mean, even that, even the set where they come across all the eggs. Yeah, alt, alt like. It even feels of a piece. Yes. With the xenomorph, just the level of yeah. brilliance in the design of this film, going up to, of course, the xenomorph itself, which is at, I mean, we're talking Darth Vader levels of just, oh, yeah. just iconic film yeah. design. It is incredible that a that a sketch that someone saw one day by this artist spawned yeah. a major movie franchise. Yeah. Yeah. It's bonkers to think about, but it's just that cool. Yeah, I do think that the Xenomorph is nearly flawless design. I think it's absolutely perfect. It's humanoid enough that it doesn't look human, but it looks threatening. It's tall and it stands on its hind legs. And because of the design, it's easy enough to have a person in a suit actually do it or or a puppet. You know, you don't- It's not like it's- blobby or anything like that it, it is it's humanoid but it doesn't call humans to your eyes it's a great piece of design yeah so i mean like i mean like yourself really your your structural perfection is matched only by your hostility so- <laughs> i'm not a hostile person <laughs> hostile towards vegetables uh- i had mushrooms on my pizza that's true it's true after my wife said and what vegetables are you having? <laughs> um, well, just just a great description when they when they reboot Ash, where, actually, which follows maybe the roughest cut in the film between dummy headed Ash and cutting oh, and yeah. cutting back to Ian Holm. That's just like doesn't hold up. the The problem with it is the biggest problem with that is that they don't the angle of the shot doesn't change enough. Yeah, so the cut is really—it's so more it's jarring. A jump cut. It's yeah, and it's more jarring than it needs to be. So there we go. We found something wrong with Alien. Yeah, um, it's fun watching the. If you really pay attention to Ash, when of when of course you've seen the film before and you know that Ash is not human, then the way Ian Holm plays him is really enjoyable because he like the thing that comes to mind is that he's cold blooded, and yeah. it's like well, actually, well, yeah, he's. Yes, of course. There's no warmth to this guy. He's just—he's—he's got milk in his veins. He's a a Robert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like Ian Holmes' performance in the film 
gets better the more you pay attention yeah. to it. R.I.P. Ian Holm, he's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it, you're right. It's no wonder, rewatching this film, why in future films the androids became as much a staple of the Alien franchise as the Alien himself did. Mm. Even, even more than Ripley's Sigourney Weaver, the androids are the thing that cross through all of the future movies. Yeah. And it's no wonder because, yeah, you're right. The the characterization there, the way he plays it, the the shock of that moment when you first realize the first time you watch it, it's really, really enjoyable. Yeah. There is then, there's another kind of fairly rough moment where they're fighting his headless form. <laughs> and it's, I mean, that is very clearly a mannequin. Look, all the headless <laughs> stuff ain't great. It's not great. It's not, the cut is bad. Like, I, I don't mind when it's his actual head and he's clearly like, like you know, they've built the floor up yep. and he's standing inside it. Yep. It's still not a great look, but it's, you know, it's like it was 79. Yeah, the problem with the mannequin is that it's, you know, it's, its arms are stuck at right angles yes. and it can't do anything else other <laughs> <Yeah>. than <laughs> Like, it can't even do the robot dance. It's just stuck in this one position with this person wrestling with it. Uh, that that shot, again, is pretty tough. It's just what he said about it. That reminds me of The Princess Bride when the day that he went to go fight the rodents of unusual size and the guy who was meant to play the rat was, was sick. So, they just threw the costume at him and he had to roll around pretending yeah. to wrestle this thing. Yeah. But- that that scene is actually that's more convincing, yeah, <laughs> than headless ash. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, then his his description of this, as he puts it, the perfect organism. Yeah, um, when they're like when they because at this point they have no idea what they're dealing with. Yeah, and when he tells them that it's it's structural perfection is matched only by its hostility, which then in when we get the first of you know that shot full full screen, yes, alien down the barrel of the lens thing. It's a great shot because the xenomorph looks incredible and that's yeah. kind of enough by itself. But also there's something injected into into this thing, which is a, yeah, like we're talking about an effect here. The thing's a glorified puppet. Yeah. But this thing manages to convey not just that it's going to kill you because that's in its nature, but it is like it's enraged for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Like there's real venom behind what it's doing. It's not yeah. it's not it's not like, killing for food. It's, or and something. it's not like the predator, it's not for sport. Yeah. It's like it's like it's personal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we we've spoken about the film kind of taking its time and it is it's kind of surprising that it is almost an hour into the film before you get the the chest burster. It's there's a lot of restraint there in just going, yeah, we're just gonna bed you down in this story and these characters so that when it happens you care. Yeah, I've seen this movie so many times, but every time I see it, I forget how long that process takes. Like, because him him getting all face-huggered is pretty quick, and then him laying there with the face-huggers on him and them trying to figure things out and interacting before you finally get that amazing chest-bursting scene. You're right, it is such restraint, and- it's not. That's why I think this movie really crosses those streams because that's not something you think of when you think of a horror movie. Horror movies don't usually appreciate that build-up, and this really does let you get into the headspace with these characters. One thing that I have never and will never understand about Ripley: don't go back for the cat. No, cats are rubbish anyway. <laughs> Even if you're a cat person, like. 
even if you're a cat person, you're not going back for the cat. Maybe if it was a dog. <laughs> like a dog, I could understand. Not a cat. <laughs> I wouldn't go back for a person. <laughs> well, you wouldn't. <laughs> Very poor decision. Yeah. By Ripley. Yeah. Who, up to this point, head on her shoulders, cool, calm, collected, and then- Craps the bed <laughs> when it comes to the cat. Uh, just leave it. Yeah. Just leave it. You can get another one. <laughs> or not. And you'd have a much better life. <laughs> um, that leads to- Here we go. Here we go. There's, there's things that don't totally hold up for me about this film. Going back for the cat, we, we really are getting to the climax now. Where once we're in the, the escape shuttle, you, can't, you think she's free. She's made it. Great. Turns out the xenomorph is in there. Yeah. Dramas. Not what you want. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've watched this film a lot of times, and I've for a long time have been trying to figure it out. How on earth does the, the xenomorph not just kill her in that scene? Yeah. What's going on there? That's like that's the predator having Arnie by the throat. Like it's over. Yeah. It's over. You're in an enclosed space. With the xenomorph, I'm sorry. It's a, and clearly we're meant to think that it's hurt in some way. And okay, there was a bunch of flames and whatever going on out in the ship. Okay. Yeah, but nothing that would lead you to believe that it would be this hurt because that's the shot where it's is laying and like it's reaching yep. its arms out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then yeah. it still takes her. She's at that point. She's not even in the spacesuit. No, she's no, got to no. get she's in the spacesuit. Undies. <laughs> yeah, she's got to get strapped in. Yeah. and then blow the airlock. At which point the xenomorph needs to travel about three meters. Yes, but it takes a really long time. Like even once it gets out of the enclosed space, it walks slower than it has the entire movie, and it's not limping. <laughs> like then there's no there's no blood yeah. or anything. It doesn't look physically and hurt. And then right before she blows the airlock, she turns around and it's right there. Yeah, and it's like, well, why are you alive? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She should. You know what she should have done? She should cracked out a plastic rake. <laughs> That would have kept it away. That's what they were forgetting. In 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 the distant future, they've forgotten the power of the plastic rake. And that'll be our downfall, ultimately, <laughs> the humans. Cool thing about, like, we've, we've talked about the, the nature of the contained set in this film, which is great because it adds to the kind of claustrophobic mm. nature of it. And it's also, I mean, it's an incredibly contained story. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How how many days does this take place over? Well, One or two? I was going to say, it's, yeah, it's like, a, surely it's like a day. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. There's not a lot of time passes in the film. No. No, you feel like the, the breeding process for the, like, from the moment it hugs face, I feel like it would maybe be a matter of, like, you may be talking, like, let's say that happened at 7 a.m. Lunchtime is when it chest bursts. Yeah. And then, okay, there's- Enough time has to pass for it to grow from, and we, we've never, we will never get to the bottom of this in any alien film. How it goes from being the size of a squirrel <laughs> to full size as quickly as it does in any in any of these films, it happens shockingly quickly. Yeah, but um, we, we don't know enough about it. It's it's body. We don't. <laughs> like, but what's it using for fuel at this point? Maybe that maybe they don't need to eat. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, perfect Anything. organism. Well, they really are, aren't they? Although. Eating's a lot of fun. Are you really <laughs> the perfect organism? I mean, if you're not chowing down, you know me. Look at me. I, I'm a man who likes to eat. <laughs> yes, and your structural perfection it's is matched only by your hostility. It's part of my perfection. <laughs> <laughs> that's really where your hostility comes in. 
I mean, you attack food. I do. I do. I really do. And, and like the xenomorph, sometimes it looks like it's personal. No, I can't wait to get some hot wings into me later. I tell you, I'm going to have shit dripping down my face. And, well, I mean, with the advent of Uber Eats, mate, this is the beauty of it. Start with some hot wings. Then we get some Korean fried chicken up in here. Get some, some, you know, some burgers. So, like, we can get everything we want all in the space of two hours. Stick it in a pot. You got a scoop. <laughs> That was a good callback. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I think the design of the ship itself is really cool. Tell me what you think about Mother's control room with uh, with all the lights, the blinking lights. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a lot of buttons that do nothing. You, you said that while we were watching the movie. You were like, oh, all those silly lights. I pointed out to you at the front of this room, I've got a server bay right there. How many blinking lights are on that, mate? Well, one's blinking. Well, okay, one's blinking, a lot of the others are static. That That's a good thing. That means it's not about to crash. <laughs> but, like, I, I don't know. I buy the design. I think it's cool. I love like, those lights. I think I think that's that's a really cool little set. Yeah. But it's also one of those things that decades on, you're like, yeah, that's a very old version of the future. That's true. I guess think about it. Phones don't even have buttons anymore, do they? Yeah. Nor blinking lights. I could, I could make it flash. <laughs> <laughs> um, we both obviously dig this movie a lot. I'm giving it a nine. I've seen this movie so many times. It's so- Like, the thing that always stands out to me is it's not even how good it is, and it is really good, although, like you've said, there are flaws. It's how much fun it is. Like, it's a lot of fun to watch this movie. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll join you on being a nine out of ten. Just a great film. Yeah. Just a great film. For, I know it's funny. There are. I feel like we're in the minority. I think that most people are on the aliens side of the fence. I think most people were on the aliens side when they were 18. Right. Because I definitely feel like this is the best of the alien franchise. It is. Yeah. So, I mean, we still got a lot of time ahead of us. We've still got a lot of things to watch. We do. I guess we'll- um, We'll see how everything else holds up. But shall we uh, shall we get into aliens? Rawr. <laughs> <laughs> how about we um, check out another one of our drinking rules for AVP before we get into that? Let's do it. All right. This one comes to us from our great mate, Sam, from Movie Reviews and 20 Qs. What do you got for us, Sam? Hi, guys. How are you doing? My rule for you guys is you guys have to take a drink every time something gets stabbed. And I don't mean just like by a knife. I mean any sort of blade, anything gets impaled, and it doesn't have to be human either. So if a pipe goes through a wall, you've got to take a drink. If a, if a blade goes through an alien, got to take a drink. Deal with it, boys. Have fun. Okay. I don't remember enough about AVP to know if that one's trouble for us. Plenty of spiky things. Oh, that both okay. xenomorphs and predators have. Yeah, I went straight into knives, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. Okay, stabbed with any kind of yeah, it could be an issue. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, shall we hit play on aliens? Love to. Let's do it. And we're back. Yes, we are. <laughs> We've just watched Aliens. Yes, we have. <laughs> uh, formerly my favorite alien film. So this was, okay, I don't think I've ever actually spoken to you about this. When did you, f what was the first one of these that you saw and how old were you? And First alien film I saw was Alien 3. Oh, okay. Believe it or not. <laughs> um, I was, a, I would have been a teenager at the time, uh, saw Alien 3. Then 
I don't know what order I saw Alien and Aliens. Right. I, okay. I, I can't remember. But certainly as a youth, Aliens is my jam because, you know, it's it's the action flick. There's a bunch this of- This is much more of an action there's flick. There's guns firing, there's one-liners and stuff, and I was like, yeah. And then at, at, one, at some point, you know, revisit Alien, you're like, oh, wow, this thing's a near-perfect film. Well, it's funny. We, I mean, we spoke about one of the great things about Alien is particularly in that first half, the quietness of everything. Like, you think of even just the opening titles, like you said, and everything has this really quiet but eerie undertone yeah. to it. This one is definitely much more action. James Cameron is many things. Game over, man. Game <laughs> over. Restraint. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. And I got to say- Cameron is an interesting guy to me because while I do think he's generally a pretty great director, I think his screenwriting, and particularly in more recent times, he, he's had very diminishing returns as far as screenwriting goes. This is pretty good. This is up there with T2 for me. Into, like, if you said, what is James Cameron's best written film? I think I would say T2, but this would be second. It's pretty well done. I still like this movie, though. I feel like I'm sounding harsh. Well, you, you'll give us a rating at the end and we'll find out. All right. So, Aliens is a 1986 American science fiction action film written and directed by James Cameron, produced by Gail Ann Hurd and starring Sigourney Weaver, Carrie Henn, Michael Behan, Paul Reiser, Lance Herenskin, Jeanette Goldstein, William Hope, Al Matthews and Bill Paxton. Uh, and yeah, like we said, as, as a youngster, <laughs> we were just, it was just like, this is sick. And you know what? <laughs> It is. It it's, is. This it's movie a, is sick. It's a great movie, yeah. Um, and then, it, like, it's slightly- it, My relationship to this film has changed yeah. over the years, for sure. Like, it's- Because initially it is just like, yeah, this is sick. <laughs> and then, like, later on you're like, ah, oh, yeah, as much as I do like all these Marines and their, their cool lines and their sweet gear, Ripley's the only one here who knows what the, what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, most of these people are pretty dumb. Yeah. And- Again, yeah, everyone should just be listening to Ripley again. Yeah. The biggest thing with this one for me, and re-watching it straight after watching Alien, I think you really notice, is- Okay, so this was seven years later. It's amazing how much better I think Alien holds up than this, like, look-wise. I think the production design of this isn't as strong, particularly, like, the lighting and the cinematography. Yeah, so I- I still, I really like the production design of Aliens. Yeah. The lighting and cinematography between Alien and Aliens for me is a no contest. Yeah. A this, Alien is a far better looking This film. loses all of the depth and darkness to me. You know, the, the blacks aren't as black. The, the fall off with lighting is just not as interesting yeah. in this film um, f compared to the original. I think that's just an absolute no contest. Um, you've still got that telltale thing of an- old version of the future where people are smoking indoors <laughs> in debriefing And sessions. looking very 80s. Oh, wow. They Paul, all look Paul Reiser. <laughs> he looks like the businessman from Futurama. Yep. We bring He's that back. guy up more than I think we realise. Oh, no, I'm aware of how often he pops up, sleezing his way to the top. <laughs> um, if you stop and think about it for three seconds, pretty stunning coincidence that this is 50 years after Alien. It's a long time, yeah. Ripley's just been out there floating in. Mm -hmm. They someone picks, someone picks her up, some guy that looks like Joshua Jackson, um, <laughs> and now they lose contact with LV-426. Yeah. <laughs> That's- yeah. That is a stunning coincidence. I know. No one's come across one of these aliens in 50 years. Ripley wakes up. Ripley wakes up. Bam. Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, is a, it is a coincidence. Yeah. Not a fan of Newt. 
Well, we were going to get there at some point. <laughs> I mean, we have to address the child acted shaped elephant in the room. This this very well might be where it, where it all starts for me with kids in films. Yeah. I cannot stand that character. The character of Newt makes this film measurably worse you. than you. it otherwise could be. This is the problem for me too and this is what I feel like other people like and this is where I feel like we must be the crazy ones because other people are like love this movie. Like I said, I know a lot of people who think this is the best one. It's not even the child actor for me. It's Newt in general. I don't I don't care for the story. I don't think it I know that there's supposed to be this thing about Ripley losing a child. And, you know, Newt is somehow meant to, you know, tie that in. It doesn't for me. And it's it's actually something that I actually kind of have a beef with. Like, Ripley was already a great character. And now it's like- You don't need to do throw in a backstory of why she- Yeah. Now, let's say that Ripley was a man as it was originally written. Yeah. If it's a man in the sequel, there's no way they feel the need. And, and let's say that that character also lost a child. Yeah. There's no way they're like, you know what, we really need to get across their paternal instincts and make sure that's a part of them. Otherwise, they're not a fully formed character. That's true. The only reason that happens is because Ripley's a woman. And as if her just being who she is, for me, it's like, well, that's not enough. Yeah. And I'm like, now why have we brought in just a Hall of Famer bad child actor to just to it, show it, maternal instincts. That's literally the point, the whole reason she's there. Yeah. I mean, that kid is even bad at sitting still. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> I mean, just the, the line reading of- I I did like a joke line reading of something Newt said, and then it happened, <laughs> and it was like- That was pretty close. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just god awful. Just yeah. god awful. Every scene she's in is worse because she's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. This movie would be like easily ten times better without that character yeah, in it. With with such stunning moments as they're dead, alright. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. God. <laughs> boo Newt. <laughs> Just boo. <laughs> um one of the for me, one of the great joys in any film is either a team. It doesn't even have to be a team coming together. It can just be the introduction to a team. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. just love it. So when all the Marines wake up and we get to meet them all, I'm just having a great time. Same. I mean, I'm cheesy. I would have been even happier if we actually like freeze framed and had like their stats come like up on Suicide screen. Squad yeah. style. I actually dig that. <laughs> Pretty happy that didn't happen because that was among the many, many reasons I hate that film. Um, what a bunch of characters, though. The yeah, Marines. This is and un- so Alien is a much quieter film in a lot of ways. Like it's funny, even though you have more time with the characters there, I feel like they're less distinct characters than they are here. Like they really do their all here to like this is this guy, this is you know, these people fit in a box. And I actually quite like that in my action movie. <laughs> he is crazy Bill Paxton. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I dig that. <laughs> um we said earlier we were going to come back to Bill Paxton. Yeah. So, in this film, we have the two people who have been killed on screen by a predator, a xenomorph, and a terminator. Oh, yeah. In Paxton and Henriksen. Yeah. 
What a club. <laughs> That's elite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. As far like when I was a teenager, I loved Bill Paxton's character in this film. <laughs> I like bet loved you did. him. And now you're just like, you are such a pest. Oh, he's the worst. He is the worst. But he's but hilarious. He always plays the worst. Yeah. <laughs> but they like they they really did go into a lot of detail with those Marines. Like James Cameron told them, I want you to have a story. Their armor is all personalized. Like there's different things on all this stuff that they mm. so they came up with, all right, this is who my character is. They've got this on like their shoulder guard, for instance, because yeah. of X, Y, and Z. It's actually, I think it's firstly just props to the the, the the costume department anyway that their their armor and kit and everything does look lived in yeah yeah but then it goes to a whole another level with the fact that they are slightly personalized yeah yeah I, I didn't want it to sound like a bad thing before when I said they all fit in a box I think it's a great thing and I think it's actually really well done because it is actually rare to have characters like this where you instantly know who these people are it's very well done there's there's a thing in this film which like in the first film of where I've forever been trying to figure out, am I just missing something? Why doesn't it just kill her at the end? Yeah. Here's the thing in this film that I've been trying to figure out forever and let me know if I'm missing something that you know of. When they first, when the Marines first go in mm-hmm. and Ripley comes over the radio and is like, you can't use the ammunition in there. You'll blow the place. Yeah. And two of the Marines are like, yeah, whatever. We're just going to shoot up the place. Yeah. And do. Why doesn't the place blow up? They shoot everywhere. You know, I'm ashamed to say I'd never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Were they just lucky and never hit, like, the one sweet spot? Um, well, but the way she's going on, you're right. It's it's almost like it's she- all sweet spots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she, like, she alerts the the guy who's in charge of this mission and he's like, oh, yeah. You absolutely can't do that. Only flamethrowers. Yeah. Do not fire. And then they're, they're just like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, that's weird. That's weird. Here's a little beef I have with that initial battle with when they do first stumble across the nest of xenomorphs. Um, they're too easy to kill. Yeah. They kill a lot of them just by shooting them. And I'm like, oh, this is the- you know, this is the perfect organism from yeah, the first yeah, film. Yeah, that's the thing. We already know from the first film how hard these guys are to kill. I mean, in, in, in having said that, any time that the xenomorphs are around, people die. True. So, so that's good. You, you want that in your xenomorphs. Yeah. To be killing. Um, but yeah, by the same token, I'm like, wow, you, yeah, you just killed a lot of them. Well, with. And with- thi- this is the problem that Hollywood and sequels in general have with upping the stakes. Every subsequent sequel to anything, people feel like they need to up the stakes. And I mentioned it before with kind of the redesigned aliens that you get in, you know, future movies in this franchise. But- People always feel the need to go bigger. And how do you do that from the perfect organism? The only thing you can do is have more of them. But if you have more of them, then clearly they're going to win, right? So you're right. It actually takes that impact away because they they do become easier to kill. Otherwise, it's not fair. You've got a thousand of the perfect organism against Um, a pack of, you know, scraggly humans. Which then- so, You're like, well, that's that's not even a fight. That's right. So while in the head of Hollywood, they're like, oh, we're upping the stakes. You know, now we've got multiple aliens. It actually takes the impact away because it's not- They, they take out the realism of the world they've built. Mm. And then, of course, I mean, the other thing you can do, if you're going to up it, you can have, as you've said, 
more, like yep. a- aliens, not yep. alien. The other thing you can do is go bigger. Yeah, alien which two point oh, which we do that as patient. <laughs> we and we go bigger in this film as well as having more because, of course, we have the alien queen. Yes, which. Like, I can't help but love the foreshadowing yeah. of the alien queen when Bill Paxton's character is talking about the ant and he's like, it's a big sucker. Yeah. Um, and the alien queen, like, I, I both love and are frustrated by the alien queen. Like the original Xenomorph, fantastic bit of design. Yeah. Fantastic bit of design. Um, but she is very cumbersome. Yes. And to, as as an end boss, you know, it it is it is a great scene. But also, it's like you're kind of moving like an old Godzilla puppet. Yeah. It's funny. I might be one of the few people who doesn't think it's a great scene. And I think when you refer to it just then as an end boss, it does feel very video gamey, right? And including the point where Ripley, our hero, gets into a big mecha suit. <laughs> Yeah. To, to basically fist fight the alien queen. To me, that is where we lose that gritty realness of alien. And we're really into just like action movie territory, which is, is fine. It's still a lot of fun. But I think that this is, for me, really where we start to lose whatever the first one was building. And I know I'm alone there. I know most people adore this movie. Most people love those big, intense action sequences. I just, for me, I'm kind of so, you're grinning because it's fun. But at the same time, the mere fact that you're grinning means that you're not feeling tense. And and for me, that's what the first one did so well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The, the first one just has its hooks in for so long without giving you a break. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one thing that I think we can probably both relate to because- I think most Australians have felt this at one point. If they've gone out for a walk in nature, oh, yeah. at some point they've thought, nuke from orbit. <laughs> yeah. We've all been walking along and seen some form of Australian fauna and gone, oh, f*** that. I definitely feel discriminated against by our landscape. <laughs> there, is, there is some spooky shit out yeah. there, let me tell you. <laughs> Cassowaries are real. If you oh. don't know what one is- Google it and prepare not to sleep for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't know if you've ever watched River Monsters, but half of the shit that lives in our lakes and stuff is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Nuka from orbit. <laughs> That's a. It's amazing how often you can work that line into your daily life. Um, so, speaking of lines in this film, though, I think I'm probably right in saying that early days for this film. The line, the iconic line for this movie, I think undoubtedly was probably get away from get her, away you from bitch. bitch. Yeah, yeah. It's not anymore. Is it is it game over, man? <laughs> I think it's a it's well, I think it's a two-way race. It's it's either Bill Paxton, game over man. Yeah. We're, we're fucking dead, man. We're fucking <laughs> dead, man. <laughs> um or Mostly. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, even when you do that impersonation, I know you're the same as me. You're doing an impersonation. You do South Park. Cartman doing an impersonation. They mostly come out at night. Mostly. <laughs> Where, because in the film, it's actually, it's not a drawn out consonant in there. It's just mostly. <laughs> yeah. And all you think is shut up, kid. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, one of the, another great disappointment of this film, and it's a great shot. This is Newt's one good use is that when she's down in that, it's not a sewer, but she's down somewhere in some water. Yeah, yeah. And the alien tail comes up behind her. Yeah. Great shot. Yeah. Great shot. And one thing I used to do as a kid, if I was watching a 
um, a movie that that scared me. One way I would try and overcome it. It didn't work, but I used, <laughs> but I would still try it at time and again. Was that I would try going for the monster because then I'm not scared of <laughs> of what happens to the person. I'm like, yeah. In this film, I'm like, yeah, get her. <laughs> <laughs> if we could end Newt, that would be great. <laughs> We don't need to talk about it much. I, I do at least just want to acknowledge, though, um, that I love Hicks in this film. Crossover from Cameron's Terminator films, Michael Behan, who was for a little while there just a great action, yeah, yeah, personality. It's interesting because he's he not a, disappeared. Yeah, and he was he was in an era of you know he was in the era of Stallone and Arnie mm. and and Van Damme, but he was kind of the Probably actually a slight precursor to Bruce Willis as more the everyman action star. He seemed like more of a nice guy. He was in some ways he was like action star meets Kevin Costner. He's like your everyday kind of American because yeah. he's got good volume to his hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I I still really enjoy Hicks as a character. Yeah. Um, I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I'm here for Hicks. <laughs> so all in all. Enjoyable movie, not as strong as Alien for me. I might sound a little bit harsh here, but I'm going a seven. Yeah, I'm an eight, but the choice for me is not between an eight and a nine. It's between a seven and an eight. Yeah. This yeah. film does have its- as, as the years have gone by, I have more and more problems with this film. What hasn't changed is that it's sick. Oh, yeah, look, don't get me wrong. Enjoyable yeah. film. Like, Always happy to chuck it on. Yeah. I, like if This movie rips. If you say, let's watch Aliens, the odds of me saying no are not high. <laughs> <laughs> like, I enjoy this movie a lot, but it's never been the same as Alien for me. Like, Alien, since the first time I saw it, I would have been maybe 12, 13. Loved it. Loved it. And I didn't see this one until a lot later. All right. I, yeah, I did not see these, like, back to back or anything. I reckon I would have been- I, I think I was at least like 18 by the time I finally got around to Aliens. So, yeah, it doesn't hold the same place in my heart, but I mean, totally fun. Can I go now? <laughs> yes, Newt, you can go now. All right. Shall we crack on into Alien 3? <laughs> Love to. All right. Uh, we're going we're gonna to head along with that. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing. And be sure to join us for Alien 3. Rawr. Rawr.